Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. Week four already in the books. We're heading into week five. A lot of good games to recap, Dominic. Some good games to preview. It was an exciting Sunday of football and Monday, of course, and Thursday night football, Dominic. Uh, are you ready to talk some football? Are you ready to talk some football? <laughs> Absolutely, William. Week four in the books. Wow, some crazy games, especially up in England. Whoo, the double doink. Let's get it started. Dominic, I think you set it up perfectly. That's a great segue. Let's jump into that game first and foremost. What an incredible game. The Minnesota Vikings winning 28-25 over the Saints in London. Uh, This game was early, early having my breakfast, watching the game. I wasn't expecting too much of this game. I'm not going to lie, Dominic. I thought, okay, look, it's going to be cool to have some football on at 9.30. I won't expect any fireworks. I'll see a nice low-ish scoring game. Andy Dalton making his um, NFL also season debut with the Saints here. And what an incredible game. Back and forth, back and forth. Obviously, there was a double doink. But even before that, Will Lutz hit a 60-yard field goal just to tie the game, Dominic. Uh, Minnesota goes down, gets a field goal, and then Lutz, the double doink. They were saying, someone said it perfectly. He said, if it was just a little bit of gusts of wind, the second that uh, kick was in the air, it would have been good. A game of inches, Dominic, and we saw it right there uh, on that missed field goal and the victory by the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. A game of inches indeed. Will Lutz, hats off to him. Hadn't been able to get that extra field goal at the end. Wow, that would have been a story and a half. But, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, we talked about it in previous weeks. This is a complete football team led by Justin Jefferson going for 10 receptions, 147 yards. This guy's a beast and Minnesota is really lucky to have him. I think Minnesota right now needs to get more, you know, play out of Dalvin Cook. I think he's doing not bad, but I'd like to see them run a little bit better. Because if you're just going to be throwing to Justin Jefferson all the time, I think it's going to come back and bite you eventually. And Kirk Cousins, I I still expect Kirk Cousins to be a lot better. But again, the Minnesota Vikings are a complete football team. They're slowly but surely marching up. And I expect them at this point to make the playoffs. Talking about uh, Justin Jefferson, Dominic, and... um... And, you know, the fact that they, that Kirk Cousins kind of zones in on him. He got 13 targets, 10 catches, 147 yards. Was happy to see Adam Thielen, you know, get those eight catches, 72 yards as well. Because um, he's really a solid wide receiver too. And uh, there has been, you know, games this year, uh, like where Justin Jefferson has been quiet. And, you know, Adam Thielen has been able to, to step up. So definitely agree with you on that one, that they're going to have to kind of... Um, find a way to make that offense. I don't want to say a little bit more creative, but, uh, you know, Kurt Wessons actually has done that fairly well this year when uh, when Justin Jefferson hasn't been open. He hasn't forced him the ball. But, uh, yeah, Delvin Cook getting his touches in this game, 20 touches, uh, only 76 uh, rushing yards there. Yeah, overall, just a, a really good game, Dominic. I honestly, like I said, wasn't expecting too much. Both quarterbacks, you know, kind of had a lot of the, the head scratches, like, oh, what was going on? What were you doing? Uh, but they both clutched up, you know, when, when uh, push came to shove, they clutched up and uh, they did what they needed to do to uh to win the game for their team minnesota vikings sitting at three and one right now uh, on top of uh, their division so big win for them and a super exciting game in london let's jump to another game dominic let's go to the miami dolphins versus oh. the cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. wow what is going on in miami Boy. who made the call to have Tua play that game i mean in hindsight, we have to believe the reports that the neurologist did what he had to do. You know, he was analyzing Tua. Apparently, it was a back injury. Clearly, that hit looked really nasty, seeing yeah. Tua's fingers all crooked, yeah. wondering exactly what exactly happened. Listen, it's the NFL. It's a violent sport. We all know. But I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle this moving forward. There's a lot of... Uh, Rumors out there, there's going to be new policies put into place and uh, guys might be pulled from games more often for various reasons that could be related to head injuries. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I honestly don't like that too much. And I know that might be a controversial statement. I just, I like to get, you know, the medical staff 
that's evaluating to get it right. If they get it right, sure. But if you're starting to guess and taking key players out of the game because you're guessing, I don't know. They're going to have to figure it out. But to me, that was the big the big story out of that game. And, I mean, Cincinnati. Cincinnati after that, you know, Joe Burrow, 20 for 31, 287, two touchdowns, a great game. Uh, going to T. Higgins in this game, seven reception, 124 yards, and one touchdown. Cincinnati's feeling very confident beating the Miami Dolphins who were undefeated. So I expect Cincinnati to take that moving forward and hopefully for them, they start winning a lot more football games. Yeah. So definitely, uh, like you said, um, a a super scary set. I thought, you know, when Tua went down, I thought he like, he broke a finger or dislocated. Like I thought he was just looking at, and then when I saw he wasn't moving Dom, like that was, I was watching a game with a few buddies and I have to say, it's probably the first time I've, I've ever seen something like that. Not not a a hit that that hard, but just the way that the player reacted and the way his body froze. Obviously, super super um, worried about Tua right now. Like just the person, I think like everyone around the locker room and everyone around the NFL really does admire who he is uh, off the field and you know as as a person and, and not a football player. Um, and yeah, like people are you know we're hoping uh, that it won't be career ending. I've heard a lot of different stuff, Dominic. I've heard look, he's going to be back in two three weeks. He's going to be okay. I've heard it's, it should be a career ending injury. I heard he's going to be out for the season. So at this point, we're just waiting, seeing what's going to happen. Um, good thing for him is he's back in the building, uh, ruled out for this week's game against the New York jets. So yeah, I think that, uh, it's with with what they're going to need to do in, in terms of changing things. And like you said, potentially pulling guys out of the game. I think it's, you know, it's a really tough situation because you're talking about players future here, but at the same time, you don't want to be taking guys, uh, out of games and the Dolphins ended up fired. The NFL fired the, uh, the doctors that cleared to it to go back in that Buffalo bills game. Um, you know, just the, the repercussions that happen after a scary injury like that. So really hope to see Tua back on the field sooner rather than later. My guess is he, he'll be back around week nine, week 10. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, just a super scary sight and thoughts and prayers definitely with Tua. And uh, yeah, as a, as a Dolphins fan, obviously I want to see him back on the field ASAP. But, uh, you know, as a guy who kind of supports uh, Tua and, you know, the the players there, hope uh, he's able to get uh to heal up. I, I think it's evident with Teddy Bridgewater, the Dolphins offense definitely won't be as electric. I'd kind of like to see Skylar Thompson take some uh, snaps under center for Miami, uh, the rookie out of Kansas state, but uh, you know, wait and see Miami plays the jets this week. So it shouldn't be too, too difficult of a game. Let's go Dominic to Baltimore where the Baltimore Ravens blow another lead at home in the second half. They had the Buffalo Bills on the ropes. This game, in a blink of an eye, turned in the Baltimore Ravens' uh, favor. They were up 20-3. to All signs were pointing towards uh, Baltimore coming away with the victory and a very easily won. Josh Allen said not so fast, got a touchdown at the end of the first half. And then second half, Dominic, the Bills' offense was moving the ball down the field, scoring TDs, getting field goals. There was a questionable call at the end of the game that uh, Harbaugh went for one foot on fourth down. I don't mind it. Uh, I think that, you know, you got to trust your offense, and especially with the way the Bills offense was moving the ball down the field. You want to get a touchdown. But yeah, Baltimore, Dominic, uh, not definitely not time to start the panic button. But if this team wants to be considered uh, a Super Bowl contender, they got to stop blowing leads. Because as, as, a, as a fan in this game of neither team, it was frustrating for me just to see the Baltimore Ravens blow another lead in the fourth quarter at home. Yeah, it's a little bit concerning, but they're a very well-coached football team. So I expect Baltimore to be just fine. To me, they've played phenomenal all year round. They have two obviously lost that I honestly think Baltimore should have won both those games. But sometimes, you know, look at when Buffalo played Miami. People will think that Buffalo should have beat Miami because of the time of possession and whatnot. So here you have a situation where, Buffalo wins the game where they probably shouldn't have won this game. It just, it happens. And I honestly think that Baltimore is going to be just fine. What I'd like to see is Lamar Jackson, obviously throw a little bit better, but that's Lamar Jackson. So it's to be expected. I'm very, very, very impressed with this Baltimore Ravens team. They are going to find a way to fix those little aspects of their defense. They do have a young football player in their secondary and Kyle Hamilton. So there's going to be a couple plays here or there that he's going to have to, you know, adjust. But for the most part, Baltimore's fine. Baltimore played very well against the team that is favored to win the Super Bowl. And in my opinion, they should have beat them convincingly. 
it's just a nine minute drive, a nine minute drive. You yeah. better get that touchdown because you know, that's, that's the NFL. If you're going to take a whole quarter to score a drive and you're not come up with the seven points, you know, it's it, against a good offense. So I understand exactly what happened in this game. And I honestly do believe that it was meant to be congratulations to the Buffalo bills. I still think this team is very suspect. And until I said last week, I see a number two wide receiver show up in this football team. I am not taking Buffalo seriously. And Josh Allen 19 for 36, 213, one TD and one interception. There's way too much hype on this guy. I don't believe in Josh Allen. But that's the thing, Dominic, is uh, like, I think, you know, you're kind of letting these Baltimore Ravens off the hook. I get that. Look, for me, it's concerning because they could have, should have won this game. And, and that's the part where I'm like, okay, so why didn't they right against Miami? They had them against the ropes. They blow the lead. Okay, that's one thing. Look, you, like you said, it happens. Against Buffalo here, I know you're playing two good football teams and two teams that are atop of the league right now. But when you have a team like this and you're at home and, you know, you have them against the ropes, for me, there's no excuse. And I think that the way I'm looking at it is more, okay, if they would have got blown out, it's one thing. But the fact that they should have won this game, that they played better the majority of this game and didn't come away with the victory, that's what's concerning to me. And another thing, Dominic. I've been saying it's like I I'd say it's on blue in the face is Lamar Jackson is an incredible talent, Dominic. He was making it look easy. He was playing backyard football for the majority of this game, but he passes only for 144 yards in in, uh, in this game. And this offense seemed to be way too predictable in the second half. And I don't know if it's a play calling. I don't know if it's Lamar Jackson inability to throw the football, but Either way, as soon as Buffalo tied the game at 20, I said, I just don't trust Lamar Jackson to come away with the victory here. Uh, there's Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson. Neither of them had a fantastic game. Uh, but, you know, he, like what this game showed me, and if maybe I'm reading too much into this, and if I had to take away one thing from this game is Lamar is an incredible talent, but I just can't see him winning big games. I can't see him putting the team on his back. I can't see him going and, and leading his team to a Super Bowl just because of stuff like this, because I think when things are going well with Lamar, He's Madden-like. He's video game-like. He's very, very hard to stop. Uh, he's uh, really a player like uh, a player we've never seen before in the NFL. But then when SHIT hits the fan with Lamar, it's he just seems to be that guy that doesn't know what to do. He relies too much on his on his athleticism. Um, and yeah, I think that like I, I do think there is a little bit more cause for concern, Dominic, uh, than um, than you're making it making it out to be. And I get it, you're glass half full type of guy, um, but. If I'm a Raven, all this to say, Dom, if I'm a Ravens fan right now, I'm very, very frustrated. Uh, and I'm not sure the direction of this team. No, I agree with a lot with what you said. And uh, I just believe that in football, coaching to me is the number one aspect. You need yeah. to have a scheme. You need to have a great coach to lead a group of 54 players onto the football field to win week in and week out. Yeah. John Harbaugh is top three coach in the NFL. I am not at all a fan of uh, Buffalo's head coach, Sean McDermott. I think that he plays too conservative, except mm -hmm. recently with the ability of Josh Allen's, I would say, selfishness of always being a me player first. It's not even Sean McDermott's team anymore. It's Josh Allen's team to do whatever he wants with. And some people might agree with that, but I'm, I'm a naysayer on that. I believe a football team starts with the coach and the coach leads his team, unless it's Tom Brady, who is Tom Brady and he's got six Super Bowls. Josh Allen has zero Super Bowls. So until I see a guy prove himself, why is this guy doing whatever he wants and putting himself out there and being just guy that just, I don't know. It's just, it seems selfish versus Lamar, who mm -hmm. Lamar, you have a guy who everyone tells him, Lamar, you got to get better at throwing. He's, he went in the offseason. He tried to get really better, but it's extremely hard to change your mechanics and to become a better passer. So mm -hmm. he's just a naturally gifted athlete versus Josh Allen, who's got, you could say the same thing. Someone could argue, but I just, I really think that Josh Allen tries to force it too much. Lamar doesn't force it as much as, as he used to in the past. I see progression in the Ravens and that starts with the head coach. And that's why I believe the Ravens will be fine. If Buffalo continues doing silly things like we saw this week, I'm telling you, Buffalo might not even make the playoffs. Wow. Uh, big words from Dom Demeester. I think you, you said it well. I like that we could agree to disagree and both agree <laughs> with uh, with each other's takes and where we're coming from. But yeah, I think you kind of, you said it well with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, 
I, like they're they're sitting at two and two right now, and with the slow start that Cincinnati Bengals have gone off to, um, and you know the Browns being the Browns and uh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know dealing with with quarterback concerns and stuff like that, the Baltimore Ravens, it's it's really a battle between them and the Bengals to win the division this year. So definitely, uh, all that being said, I would not be surprised if Baltimore came out and uh, and ended up winning the division. Dominic, let's continue on the trend of recapping uh, some games that happened this weekend. Let's talk. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kansas City taking it 41-31 in a rematch of a Super Bowl two years ago. Wow, what a great game. I personally enjoyed it. I know a lot of people, you know, when Kansas City took that early lead, you know, it was pretty much game over. But I like to see Tom Brady come back in football games. And unfortunately for him, it was, you know, 39 for 52, 385 yards, three TDs. Nice stats, but boy, only running it six times in total. He that's rough, rough for the Tampa Bay offense. But when you're down, you got to try to do something. And Pat Mahomes had one of those Pat Mahomes games: twenty-three for thirty-seven, two hundred and forty-nine yards, three TDs. He did some plays out there that I've just never seen. There's always seems to be something that he shows me that I'm like, wow, best player in football right now, Barnon, is Pat Mahomes. And until Somebody figures him out. This guy's going to keep on winning. But great football game all around. I thought that Mike Evans showed up in this game, eight reception, 103 yards, two TDs. And Travis Kelsey, just, I think that if any team right now wants to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, just take out Travis Kelsey. If you take out Travis Kelsey, <laughs> I think that you have a chance to see if whether Juju can you know, become the old Juju of old. That's the way that I would beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's very, very, very hard to contain Travis Kelsey. And that's why the Kansas City Chiefs are so good. Congratulations to those Chiefs. Yeah, definitely easier said than done to take away the best tight end in football. I thought this was a great game, Dominic. And you could see the emotion that the Kansas City Chiefs players had that they took this game and circled it on their calendar when the schedule came up. They wanted to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they wanted to beat them badly. Because like you talked about of that Super Bowl of a few years ago, and they came out uh, guns a blazing in this one. Uh, sorry, the game up twenty one to three, opening kickoff, uh, recovering a fumble there, and really getting that two for one, starting with the ball basically uh, at the first half and the second half. Mahomes looked very good in this game. It, it was it, like it was yeah, it was a Mahomes type game, like you said, that touchdown pass to Clyde edwards alaire where he was escaped a few sacks and then just like threw it, and it, the ball came out like a duck, but it was exactly where it needed to be. Mahomes was having fun out there. Um, is there ca cause for concern for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because right now they're sitting at two and two, and even in their two victories, Dominic, they haven't looked all that impressive. And this is the game where they got their receivers back, right? Mike Evans was back from suspension. Chris Godwin played in this game. Um, and, uh, and Julio Jones was back as well. Um, and, uh, you know, Chris Godwin obviously dealing on and off with that injury, but uh, he did play for the majority of this game. Like you said, Tampa was down early in this game, so they really had no choice but to air out the ball. Brady stats are good on paper, but a lot of it was really the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't want to say giving up free yards, but just playing kind of that bend but don't break defense um, until they got to the red zone. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on the Bucs right now? Because I they were my pick to win the Super Bowl, and I have not been impressed with them this year, Dominic, on, you know, I'd say either side of the football. Um, it just hasn't been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I expected early on in the season. Yeah, well, they had a huge blow on the offensive line early in the season, so they'll have to figure out how they can move this offense forward, hence why they keep on signing you know, Cole Beasley is their latest signing. Yeah. And they need to get, you know, better at running the football. But, you know, that used to be one of their strengths. I think that Leonard Fournette and Rashad White are a great combination moving forward. This game had to do with the fact that the Chiefs got up so early that they, they couldn't reintroduce the running game and they had yeah. to pass it every single play. Maybe that's bad coaching. So I'll chalk that one up to, to Todd Bowles to not figuring out a more clever way to get this offense rolling. But I'm not too concerned. As long as you have Tom Brady on a football team, you know, you're going to be competitive no matter what. And in that division right now, there's not much happening. I mean, you got the Saints that are battered and bruised. You got Carolina who is questioning themselves every single day. And you have the underdog, the Atlanta Falcons. If there could be a shocker, <laughs> it would be the Falcons. But I'm not ready to say that yet, considering that Tampa Bay is just so loaded. 
And I expect Tampa Bay to make the playoffs. So I'm not concerned whatsoever for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fair, fair. I think one thing I realized from this game is that uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Dominic, a rookie, is a super fun player to watch and a guy that, you know, maybe uh, turning some heads early on. The guy's fast. He runs uh, like with a purpose. And uh, he was a fun, fun guy to watch in this game. A, a good uh, RB2 along uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire there. Let's jump to those Atlanta Falcons, Dominic, winning this game 23 to 20 um, at home, being underdogs. I believe we both picked Atlanta in this game. I like what I've seen out of this Atlanta the Falcons team. Unfortunately, um, Cadell Patterson was placed on the IR. He will miss at least the next four weeks. Tough for my fantasy team and obviously tough for him and the Atlanta Falcons as, uh, you know, he is uh, the, one of the biggest bright spots on the Atlanta Falcons team. You look at the stats in this game, Dominic, um, and you kind of ask yourself, like, how did uh, the Atlanta Falcons pull away with the victory uh, in this one? You look at uh, Marcus Mariota's stats, only completing seven passes in this game uh, for 19 attempts. But then you have uh, Legier, 10 rushes, 84 yards. Huntley, 10 rushes, 56 yards. Patterson, 9 rushes, 38 yards. So they run the football a lot in this game. Um and uh, and defensively, they played well. They didn't let uh, Brissett get comfortable in the pocket. Uh, no passing touchdowns for him. The one interception there. And, you know, this is a game that Cleveland Browns got to win. I know you're without Deshaun Watson. We don't really know what's going to happen. Well, we do know what's going to happen with him. But who knows what happens when he comes back to the offense. But, yeah, you know. If you're the Browns, you got to be kicking yourselves because, like, look, the Atlanta Falcons may not be as poor as we thought they would, but this is a game that they need to win, especially if they want to be considered a playoff team when Deshaun Watson comes back. But I think this Atlanta Falcons team has been a fun story. Marcus Mariota hasn't been great, Dominic, but they've still found ways to win games. And even in the games they've lost this year, Dominic, they've been fairly competitive. Uh, so, yeah, super pumped to see them win and win the game at home. The energy seemed to be really good. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, Dominic, don't look now, but they improved to 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, I love this story. I mean, we've been, we've been talking about Arthur Smith basically since week one. This guy came out of nowhere. I just saw what he was doing in Atlanta, and I started to keep an eye on exactly what kind of scheme he was running and it's all based out of the run and you know how huge I am on the running game and how if you play good defense you get that clock ticking and you can win some football games so I'm loving what's going on but their heart and soul right now is going to be missed for the next yeah. four weeks so that's going to be hard so we'll have to keep an eye whether or not Atlanta can continue without him because I agree with you Marcus Mariota we both agree that this guy's not the answer for the Atlanta Falcons. He just happens to be there because he's a veteran and he knows what he's doing rather than putting in. I mean, will we see Desmond Ryder sooner than question. later? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But that's something to keep an eye on because we just saw what happened in Pittsburgh uh, with Kenny Pickett taking over. So if Mariota continues to struggle, you never know. And if and if Ryder comes in, wow, Kyle Pitts might get better. Drake London might get better. And maybe the Atlanta Falcons will become a complete football team. So Keep an eye on that. It's probably one of the better stories coming out of the NFL early and so far. As for the Cleveland Browns, they're just snake bitten. I think that this team is very <laughs> decent and they've lost football games. I don't even know how they're losing this football games. Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 118 yards. He's doing his job. And Jacoby Brissett, yeah, he threw that interception. And that's probably what's going on right now is that that passing game has got to get better. And Jacoby Brissett, it's all on him to do it. So we'll have to see what the Cleveland Browns could do moving forward. Yeah, uh, I think you said it perfectly there, Dominic. Uh, and with the Atlanta Falcons, they play at Tampa Bay this weekend. So if they're able to somehow come away with that, victory and that upset with it without Patterson uh, I think uh, you know then they'll really start to be on uh, on people's radars uh, then but right now a great story there in Atlanta let's uh, jump to another game Dominic yes let's jump to the no let's go with this one let's go with the Seattle Seahawks against oh. the Detroit Lions what a game I mean wow who would have thought that after four weeks in the NFL, the Detroit Lions would have the number one offense? It is mind-boggling. But, I mean, it starts with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a phenomenal season, season, I say it again, quarterback. For whatever reason, when he enters the playoffs, the, the pressure gets to him. He can't handle the blitz. But, you know, right now, he's laid back. I know they're one in three, but we all know they should have been they should have won at least another football game. And they lost a close one to the Seattle Seahawks to Pete Carroll, who I knew had to have this football game. Pete Carroll's a phenomenal coach. 
He obviously came up with a great scheme to win just enough by three points. Geno Smith going for 23 for 30, two touchdowns, and Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny finally showcasing what he did last year, 17 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Great football game. Bar none, the Seattle Seahawks needed it, and that's the only reason why I think they won this football game. And Detroit, if they continue playing like they are, they're going to win a lot more games than they lose this year. I think you said it well, Dominic. The Detroit Lions are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Who would have thought they're also the 32nd dead last in defense? They've been playing in shootouts, Dominic, college football type games. So, look, ultimately, you could have the best offense in the NFL, and you could say that offense wins championships in the NFL, but as a defense, they cannot be giving these many points. Man, I was watching some of this game, and it was third down. They just gave up back-to-back massive runs to Rashad Penny, both of them for touchdowns. They had the Seahawks exactly where they wanted them. Um, but could not close the deal. And Rashad Penny really put the team on his back there on throughout the game and on those two third downs that are running in for a touchdown on both those occasions. But yeah, the Lions, like they kind of remind me of like the Browns when you said snake bitten team that uh, had this game, another game they could have could have came away victorious in, just like last week's game. But yeah, Detroit Lions sitting at one and three. I think you could say that their record is better. Um or sorry, they are better than the record says there. But uh, yeah, I think a, a bright spot right now for the for the Lions was how good TJ Hawkinson played in this game, uh, receiving yards uh, in this game, going for over 170 receiving yards, the two touchdowns without uh, St. Brown playing in this game due to injury. Uh, Jared Goff uh, looked to him early and often, and, uh, you know, he showed why he's, uh, you know, a, a star player. And I think that... Uh, He's a guy that we've talked about a lot in year in seasons past the beginning of the season. And he's, hey, guys, like, look, don't forget about me. I know St. Brown's a great story. Um, I know we have good good players on this team. But uh, but I'm still here and I'm ready to make noise. And uh, definitely showed that. And with a Seattle Seahawks victory right now, Dominic, everyone in the NFC West is sitting at 2-2, two two, uh, especially with the, the well, not especially, with the 49ers win uh, over the uh, the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Crazy division, Dominic. Everyone sitting at 2-2 two two in that NFC West. Yeah, we all know that NFC West is a strong division. And we said it early in the season. This will be about adversity. Who can overcome adversity? We saw San Francisco take out the Rams last night, battling with Jimmy G leading the way. I think that San Francisco right now has a stronghold because of that amazing defense in that division. And everyone else behind is a coin toss. Any of those teams could maybe make the playoffs. It's just going to be who has the will and who has the determination to overcome adversity. Arizona won an ugly one, but they still won. I think right now it's San Francisco and everybody else, it's a coin toss. Honestly, I think you could make the case for any of these teams, even though Seattle Seahawks winning the division with the way the season started. The Rams, Dominic, I don't know if it's a Super Bowl hangover. I don't know what it is, but they don't look like the team that won the Super Bowl last year. I think you're seeing how much this team misses a guy like Odell. And, you know, while he didn't get um, Cooper Cup-like numbers when he was in that offense last season, he was able to take the top off of defenses. And they just don't have that guy right now, unfortunately, uh, do the Rams. It's a lot of the Cooper Cup, you know, the seven-yard completions. And, like, that's it. Cooper Cup's getting a ton of fantasy points. He's doing what he can. But ultimately, this offense is, is predictable. And the the way this offense is trending i don't see them getting much better anytime soon matthew stafford does not look good dominic i don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it he missed quite a few throws against the 49ers on sunday night football um and he there was times in the pocket he just looked lost and he looked like a guy that was playing in the nfl you know for for his first season he just didn't look like the team that won the um Super Bowl last year. He didn't look like the quarterback um, that had those clutch drives uh, in the playoffs last season. And right now, I, I do think there is cause co- for concern for the Rams. Um, not not necessarily to make the playoffs or to stay competitive, but just to be that team that you know wants to defend that Super Bowl championship because this defense is playing fairly well. But I never would have thought that with a, a team led by Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and with the addition of Allen Robinson and, and uh, Cam Akers of the running back position, who's been there for a while, that this offense would be struggling as much as they are but they really are 
Yeah, I honestly think this offense has always been overrated, and they were very lucky to win the Super Bowl last year. That's just my personal opinion. Sean McVay, for all the flowers we've been throwing at him, you know, it's, again, you said predictable. To me, the offense, they signed the wrong guy in Allen Robinson. Odell should have been signed on that football team. You said it yourself. But more importantly, they don't have a running back identity. And they keep on juggling with Cam Akers and Henderson. That's your issue. Figure out who's going to be your starting running back. And it should be Cam Akers. I know Dale Henderson is not a, that bad of a running back. But I'd rather just lean on one guy, let him set up some runs, and get the running game to start being that identity for this football team right now. Because we all know the defense is pretty decent. There's nothing wrong with the with the, the Rams defense. They just have no offense. And I'll give one pass to Matt Stafford. He's not playing 100%. So if the guy's not 100%, you're going to get what you're going to get. And when you just got one guy to go to recently in Cooper Cup, you're not going much. You're not going far is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it, like – he's getting a bulk of the targets and look, I would throw to Cooper cup too, if I was a quarterback of the Rams, but you have to spread the wealth. And at the same time, look, maybe these receivers aren't getting open. You know, we're criticizing Savard because he's only throwing to him, but maybe just the other receivers just aren't getting the job done uh, down the football field. But yeah, I think that uh, depending when Odell is, is coming back and when he's able to play, I'd look for these guys to potentially uh, grab a wide receiver, it's a free agent right now that at least has some speed that could take the top off of defenses like a Deshaun Jackson that they had um, for uh, for a little while there. Let's jump to uh, quickly. And I guess we do a few quick recaps because we're uh, almost at our final break. The Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts. This was what I was expecting out of the Colts, Dominic. They have a great performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. They shocked the world. They beat KC, and they come up, and then they lay an egg against the Tennessee Titans. I believe we both picked Tennessee in this game. And honestly, I would have I was going with the, whoever the Colts were playing in this game because I just feel like the Colts are a type of team where they'll surprise you that one week, and they'll have that, you know, after that massive victory, it just bound to be a letdown the, the following week. And unfortunately, that's what we saw here. And this was a big game for both these teams, um, especially with, you know, Jacksonville losing, and Jacksonville was the top of that division. Um, and yeah, the, the Colts, Dominic, in this one, um, they just seem to have a tough time getting Jonathan Taylor going, and it's not something that anyone would have predicted. 20 rushes in this game, 42 yards, 2.1 yards per carry, Dominic, no TDs. I think that's been the big surprise for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Uh, Matt Stafford, not a bad game, 27 of 37, uh, 356 yards, the two TDs with the one interception. But it was Tennessee that came out victorious in this one, and it was Derrick Henry saying, hey, folks, don't forget about me. I'm still a good running back. I still think I'm the best running back in this division, going for 114 yards um, and a TD in this one. This was a big game early on in the season, a divisional match and Tennessee come away with a victory on the road. Yeah, I mean, Mike Rabel, phenomenal coach, did what he had to do. Great scheme. Let's just feed Derrick Henry in this game. But let's be honest, Indianapolis here, it's not just Matt Ryan playing bad. It's the fact that Jonathan Taylor also has a toe injury. And if it ends up being a turf toe, ooh, that's going to be a hard one to get over because those turf toes could last up to six months. So keep an eye on Jonathan Taylor. If he's down, you could say goodnight to those Indianapolis Colts. Other than that, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting division, this division. I think we're going to see a lot of movement. I think that Jacksonville... The game they lost was a, a fungazi because it was just raining everywhere. And at the end of the day, sometimes those wet football games, you know, oddities happen and they definitely did in that game. So I expect this div division to not be over for anybody right now. And what we're going to see is a lot of shuffling happening within the, the standings in this division all year. Wouldn't be surprised, Dominic. And you talked about the Jaguars were up 14-0 in that game, Dominic, trying to beat the Philadelphia Eagles and had them their first L of the season. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the boys said, nope, not so fast. They ended up scoring 20 points in the second quarter. Eagles come away with the 29-21 victory. I couldn't believe when I saw the score that Jacksonville was winning this game so early on. I, you know, I, I didn't think that Jacksonville was coming in as massive underdogs, but I thought that the Eagles would win and, and win fairly easily. But you talked about, Dominic, the conditions weren't great in this game. A chance for Jacksonville there, but you can make a case that Jacksonville Jaguars are the best team in the AFC South right now. I love this football team, and I would have never thought I would have been saying that at the beginning of the season. This team is for real. I watched this entire game, and all it was was a bunch of rain causing so many problems for Trevor Lawrence. 
If he was, if there's anybody that was snake bitten this week, it was Trevor Lawrence, whatever happened to his hands. I don't know who gave him a pair of gloves or whatever it was. He just couldn't handle the football. And as a result, they got like what five turnovers. So like I said, the better team that I saw early in that game was Jacksonville by far. Jalen Hurts, trust me, folks, this guy is not for real. I don't trust him whatsoever. The only bright side that I saw from those Eagles is Miles Sanders had a phenomenal football game. The problem with Miles Sanders, he just can't stay healthy. But if he does, and the Eagles want to go far, feed Sanders all off the entire year and then go on a play-action feast with A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. And I think that is your recipe for success, leading the Eagles offense, not letting Hurts lead this offense. But we'll have the entire season to see what Jalen Hurts can do because he's been having a pretty good start so far. So we'll see what he can do. Yeah, he's a forerunner for MVP from what I hear um, there in Philadelphia. A few other quick games to recap. The Raiders, Dominic, finally get that first victory of the season, 32-23 to over the division rivals, the uh, the Denver Broncos. Um, and uh, in this game, it was really a, a lot of uh, Josh Jacobs and more Josh Jacobs, 28 carries, a buck 44, two TDs in this one. Um, in Lambeau Field, we had a really good game between the uh, the Packers and the Patriots. Packers winning 27-24 in overtime. Talk about injuries, uh, you know, this week, Dominic. Obviously, we have Tua going down. We have Brian Hoyer going down as well. And uh, Bailey Zappi having to uh, to come in in relief of, of, um, of him. And uh, unfortunately, Dominic, I'm sure you heard the news, Javante Williams out for the season uh, for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Broncos offense has already uh, struggled with him in the lineup and uh, now some uh, heartbreaking news for him. Uh, Williams going to be out for the year uh, with a torn ACL and LCL for the Broncos. That could be a blessing in disguise. I know it's going to sound weird to say, but once you have Melvin Gordon running 20 times a game, this guy is a complete back. I expect Denver to be better without Javante Williams than with him. Crazy thing to say, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on Melvin Gordon. Definitely a bull take. Yeah, the, the Broncos offense has not been as explosive as uh, as we thought they would be. A lot of these offenses in the NFL that we thought would come out, uh, you know, be shredding out defenses. They haven't been. Uh, but look, it's early on. We'll give teams the pass. It's only been the first four games of the season. Time to preview some week five games, Dominic. We got some good ones here. Let's jump to tonight, Thursday night football. Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Colts in this one are underdogs by three and a half. Denver favor, Dominic. Yeah, this is going to come down to whether Leonard can play. He's got a concussion right now. I honestly think I'm going to call my first tie ever on this show. I'm wow. calling a tie between Indianapolis and Denver. I just think that both these teams need this football game so bad that it's going to go in overtime and they're both going to try to run the ball. And then next thing you know, the game's going to be over. Maybe a couple of missed field goals here and there. But if Leonard plays, I might give the edge to Indy, but I don't know. We'll have to see, but I'm calling a tie. I'm calling a tie between the Indianapolis Colts and Denver. Hey, I love it, Dominic. If, uh, man, if that happens, I think we got to end the show there, just retire and uh, call it a wrap <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for us. I am not going to go with a tie. I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos winning this one in a bit of a low-scoring game, uh, three and a half. Oh, tight spread. Oh, man, I think that's a tough one. I'm going to go with the Colts covering the spread. However, I think the Denver Broncos will come out victorious in this one. I'll go 20 to 17. And I think you said it very well, Dominic. Both teams really do need the victory here. So it's really about who wants it more. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Broncos winning over the Colts. Next up, we have another game in London. New York Giants, I don't want to say at the Green Bay Packers. It is in London against the Packers. Packers favored by eight. Uh, excited to see another game in London. That point spread is way too high. Um, the Giants, Dominic, 3-1. Are they for real? Maybe. Not sure. But I think especially in a game like this, that's a neutral side. I think they keep it close. I ultimately do think the Packers come away with the victory. Um, but uh, I think eight points is, is a lot uh if you're giving me that so i'll definitely take the giants to cover i'm gonna go 27 23 uh green bay in this one but don't be surprised if the giants come with the victory i could see this actually as a potential trap game for the packers uh because right now it looks like the giants aren't being taken seriously at three and one but i do think the packers will win this game yeah this game is going to be overseas that will be a hard for both these nfl teams if I see Wendell Robinson and Tony play in this game, believe it or not, I would take the Giants. 
but I don't think they're healthy yet. So I'm going to go with Green Bay and Green Bay winning strong 40 to 17. All right, next up, we got your Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic. We didn't even talk about it. Kenny Pickett making his NFL debut. A uh, bit of mixed feelings, three interceptions, but also rushing for those two TDs. Looks like they'll be moving forward with Kenny Pickett, uh, taking snaps under center, Dominic, for the uh, Steelers. And they will be playing at the Buffalo Bills. Bills covered by 14. Yeah, that's a ridiculous spread, and I hate it so much. But, hey, rookie quarterback going up against a good defense. I expect Pickett to play I'm saying starting the game. I think he's going to start the game and it's not going to go well. Buffalo destroys Pittsburgh 40 to seven. Wow. Uh, one side of the fair there. I'm going to go with the bills uh, winning in this game, but not covering. I see a lot of running the football there for uh, Najee Harris and then chewing time off the clock, trying to give the uh, bills the least amount of time as possession possible. But I do think the bills come away with the victory. I'm going to go 27, 17 Buffalo uh, to improve their record to four and one. Next up, we got the Miami dolphins led by Teddy Bridgewater playing at the New York jets jets, an impressive victory uh, this weekend. Like we talked about over your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I don't think they get it done again. I think look, even with Teddy Bridgewater under center, I think he's a smart quarterback. Miami has way too many weapons uh to uh to afford to lose to a team like the jets uh i think miami takes this one i'm gonna go final score hmm, i'm gonna go 27 to 16 in this one for miami yeah i just i'm having problems with this kid zach wilson i was really cheering on the kid i really think that you know there's a chance that he could have been a really decent quarterback but he's just not so as a result i have to go with miami and teddy bridgewater Give me Miami 28 to 10. Yeah, Zach Wilson, uh, even though they came with the victory, Dominic did not look great in that performance. Still, a win's a win. Next up, we got an AFC South matchup the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Believe it or not, I think this has a pretty good game written all over it. I used to say this game goes to overtime, Dominic, and I'm going to go with the Jaguars winning in this one. I'll go 34-31 uh, on a field goal there. I can see this one being tight. I love the divisional matchups. I think the mo majority of the time, um, both teams are fairly evenly matched. Houston still the only winless team in the NFL, uh, getting that one tie early on in the season and then losing from there on out. But uh, yeah, I think this going to be a good game, Dominic. I know it may not be two sexy teams uh on paper but yeah give me the jags to win 34 31 in ot i love that prediction william i think you're right on the money i'm gonna concur games going in overtime give me jacksonville by a touchdown 36 to 30 Hey, good stuff. I like it. Another divisional matchup chicago bears minnesota vikings vikings favored by seven I just have not seen enough out of Justin Fields, Dominic, and this offense. I, I can't say that uh, I've been impressed with his NFL debut. I think, you know, if he wants to be um, taken more seriously, Dominic, it's going to start here. It's going to start with the win at the Minnesota Vikings against, uh, you know, a team that he's uh, favored to lose to. But I, I don't see it happening, Dominic. I can see Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen both having a big game in this one. Give me Minnesota. I'm going to go 33 to 14. Yeah, this smells like another blowout to me as well. I just think Matt Eberfluss, the Chicago head coach, is doing a phenomenal job to lose the football game. <laughs> How is this guy even a head coach? I'm really disappointed in the way the Bears are playing. Last year, you had Darnell Mooney going off with like 14 targets a game. Uh, he seemed to be a really talented player. And this year, he's nowhere to be found. I blame the coach. Minnesota destroys Chicago 35-17. to 17. Wow. Next up, we got a matchup between uh, a pretty good game there between the, sorry, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cleveland Browns. Chargers favored by three in this one, uh, over under 47 and a half. I'm going to go with the Chargers coming away in this one. Victorious uh, final score. I'm going to go 32 to 28 LA. They played uh, in a fairly high scoring game this past weekend against the Houston Texans. I think this one will be a good one. I can see it being back and forth, but I think the uh, Chargers uh, come away with their second straight victory and uh, yeah, beat the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Yeah, this will be my upset of the week. I mm. think uh, Cleveland has been snake bitten too many times. I don't trust the Chargers offensive line. I think that that could be exposed easily by Cleveland's defense, which is by far the best component on that football team. Give me Cleveland in a tight football game, 20 to 17. All right, next up, Seattle Seahawks at the New Orleans Saints. Saints favored by six. 
tough game, but I have to go with the better coach here. Pete Carroll does it again, but this game's also going to go in overtime. A field goal wins it 33 to 30 for Seattle. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Dominic. I'm going to go with the upset here. I'll say a final score of 17 to 14 for Seattle. I like what I've seen out of uh, Geno Smith so far this season. Never thought I'd be saying that, Dominic, but he is uh, proving people wrong. And, uh, yeah, I think Seattle continues on the win column, and uh, they come away victorious in this one. Next up, Tennessee Titans at the Washington Commanders. Tennessee favored by two and a half. I have a very, very hard time picking Carson Wentz, Dominic. He has not looked good these past few weeks. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately for him, Dominic, I don't want to say his NFL career is over, but uh, it's it's really teetering uh, onto, you know, his NFL career being over. I'm going to pick Tennessee in this one. I think Carson Wentz struggles again. Um, Yeah, and I'm going to go. Give me the Tennessee Titans 28-12 to in this one. Yeah, I hate the spread. I think the spread two and a half. I don't know what the odd makers are thinking of this one. I clearly think Tennessee is going to win this football game, but can they cover the spread? They don't. They somehow win by one. You meet Tennessee 31 to 30. All right. Next up, we got the Detroit Lions at the New England Patriots. Patriots favored by three at home. Patriots. Wow. Going to go with Billy Zappi maybe this week. Yeah. Wow, looks that's like the case. It. Yeah. If that's the case, how can you take New England? I'm not. I think Detroit has lost too many games. They should have won. Give me Detroit in this game. Big game out of Jared Goff. I said on the top of the show, this guy plays really good football sometimes during the season. I think he continues. Detroit wins this 28 to 20. Yeah, just so quickly, there's not too much uh, updated news on Brian Hoyer. And I think no matter who quarterbacks this game for the Patriots, the Lions, like you said, Dominic, will come away with uh, with the victory here. Um, yeah, and uh, I never thought I'd say this, but I do like what I've seen out of this Lions offense. I think they get it done here. And uh, yeah, they beat New England at New England. I'm going to go 23-13 to 13 Lions in this one. Um, next up, Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay favored by 8.5. Can Atlanta come away with the upset here, Dominic? Oh, man, it would be something cool, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the Bucs in this one. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, um, Tom Brady and that offense uh, gets things uh, gets things going in this one. And uh, I think the Falcons do keep it close. I'm going to go a final score of 29 to 26 with uh, Suckup hitting a game-winning field goal as time expires to give the Peach, sorry, not the Patriots, the Buccaneers uh, a victory just, just uh, over the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I really like uh, that take. I think that it's going to be a close football game. Atlanta has been running the ball very well. I expect them to run against a hard defense, but that scheme is just really working in Atlanta. It will work in Tampa Bay, but they will lose. Tampa Bay wins it 27-24. to All right, next up, San Francisco 49ers at the Carolina Panthers. San Fran favored by five. This Carolina Panthers offense has been very, very painful to watch uh, throughout the course of this season. And with San Fran's defense playing the way they are, I, I could almost see the Carolina Panthers being shut out in this game. And I know that sounds crazy in the NFL to shut out a team, but you know, a great offense, uh, sorry, great defense against a poor offense. And I just think it, it spells disaster for the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to go with San Fran winning this game by final score. I'm going to go 20 to six in this one, San Fran. Yeah, what's happening in Carolina is the travesty. I really do think that the problem in Carolina is Matt Rule. This guy is a horrible coach. He was asked this week whether or not a college football program had called him to see if he could be the head coach for the program. I thought that was hilarious, and I thought it was dead on. Carolina is going nowhere as long as Matt Rule is the head coach. Unfortunately for Baker, whatever scheme that he's doing, all his balls keeps on being batted down. I mean, Drew Brees was a small quarterback and he could play pretty decent football. Not saying that Baker obviously is Drew Brees. I'm just saying that the guy's a small guy. There's got to be a way for yeah. him to get the ball out. It has to do with the scheme. San Fran will annihilate Carolina. And unfortunately, Baker will get yanked and whoever's going to be the backup quarterback will come in and it won't be Baker's fault. But it is what it is. San Fran takes it 30 to three. Yes. 30 to three. Wow. Shellacking there. Next up, we got the battle of the birds filled off the Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals. Philly favored by five. I think this is going to be your game of the week. I'm going to go with Philly just edging out the Arizona Cardinals to improve to five and no and remain the only unbeaten team in the NFL. Give me Philly 33, 31 over the cards. 
Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals against the Eagles. That's going to be tough. Arizona absolutely needs this football game. I don't know how they're going to do it. D-Hop's not there. Maybe James Conner comes in and does what James Conner did last year, which showed up a couple games and got some pretty good fantasy stats for a lot of people out there. Connors is the difference. The clock starts ticking. Arizona wins this football game 30 to 27. Wow, I like it. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. Dak Prescott may be able to play in this game. I, I don't know, Dominic. If I'm the Cowboys, Cooper Rush is undefeated. I'm sticking with Cooper Rush at quarterback, no matter how much Dak is getting paid. Rams favored by four and a half in this one. Man, oh my goodness. I'm going to go. Give me the Cowboys in the upset. I'm going to go. I like what I've seen out of Cooper Rush. I like what I've seen out of Dallas so far uh, this season with him under center. I'm going to go with the Cowboys winning this game 23 to 20 in the upset. Oh, I love the bold pick. <laughs> I just, I just can't. I mean, I want to, but I can't. Not, not after losing the Monday night football game. The Rams are going to be feasting on Cooper Cup in this game. Expect massive blitzes. The Rams will actually win convincingly 29 to 10. All right, next up, Sunday night football. we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. I think Baltimore favored by three. I think this is where Lamar Jackson puts on a show. And I think Joe Burrow does as well, but I think it'll be too, too much for the Bengals. I'm going to go with Baltimore winning this game, Dominic. Give me a final score of 32 to 27 for Baltimore. Oh, wow. I love that pick. But you know what? When you're hot, you're hot. I want to go with Baltimore, but Cincinnati will school Baltimore. And there's going to be probably wow. some weird headlines happening in Baltimore's about Baltimore's defense, which I told you, don't worry about it. But we're going to hear about it. Cincinnati <laughs> blows out the Baltimore Ravens 35 to 13. Wow. And then we got Monday Night Football and AFC West matchup. What a great way to end the week. Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, Chiefs favored by seven. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs keep the ball rolling. Las Vegas got their first one of the victory, and I think it'll stay at one after this game. Give me the Chiefs 30-16 to 16 at home Monday Night Football. Now, these two teams do not like each other whatsoever. As a matter of fact, Mahomes seemed to have more respect for those Las Vegas Raiders than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in post-games interviews. I don't know. I think it's going to be a really good football game. Could be the game of the week. I'm going to take KC in overtime, <laughs> 26 to 20. Love the take. Love the overtime prediction. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back same place, same time next week. You were listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.